everybody. I'm Travis Akins, and this is class number one in our four-week Bible study titled Diakonos. This is not the recording of Sunday, August 14th's Bible class. Unfortunately, we had a recording error for that class. So, instead of me trying to imitate all the questions and great dialogue that happened in class one, I'm going to take just a few minutes to review some of the information and highlights, if you will, of our first class, our first lesson in our study of diakonos, of servanthood and deacons. And I will try to hit some of the things, but I can't obviously recreate the dialogue and conversation that took place on Sunday, August 14th. I apologize for that. It is to no one's fault. It was just a technical recording error. But I do believe that we have figured out what the issue was, corrected the issue. So lessons two, three, and four, I have great high hopes will be recorded and we will be able to have those conversations, the questions and the feedback and all those things that take place in a live Bible class uh, on the recording like this. But unfortunately, again, this lesson will be more of a pod class type uh, format, and I hope you still find some benefit in this, some value as we do kick off a four-week Bible study entitled Diakonos. And I want to stop there for just a second and make sure we're all on the same page, because I guess it could be uh, easy to have, could be easy to see the four-week Bible study called Diakonos, which is a Greek word for servant or deacon, and think, oh no, (laughs) oh no, (laughs) Travis is going to spend four weeks breaking down Greek words, and I'm not. The objective of class one is to give us a really good foundational understanding of the word to which we base off um, our English translation of servant and or deacon. Those words are synonymous in your New Testament. Diakonos is that word. And so the objective here is to have a really good foundational understanding because we are embarking on a four-week study that'll take us from a 30,000-foot view to a very contextual, specific view of the Heritage Church of Christ as our eldership seeks to establish deacons or servants and and positions at the Heritage Church. And so this class in particular is that big-picture view, kind of help us build a foundation off of, and over the next few weeks, we'll add the walls and the carpet and the painting and all those things that come along with building. Diakonos is a word that you will find in your New Testament 29 different times. Now, because... Most of us are not going to be reading from the Greek. If you went through your English translation, pick any of them, you will not find the word deacon, for instance, 29 different times. In fact, 
If you went through and found the word servant, you probably would find it more than 29 times, but the actual word of diakonos would not be found 29 different times for simply the English translation of servant. The Greek word diakonos is used 29 different times in the New Testament, and it refers to the word servant or deacon. And more specifically, and I think I like this, I think it conveys the idea a whole lot better. Diakonos also can mean waiter, just like the waiter you would imagine when you go to a restaurant. It means servant. It means minister. It means waiter. It means performer or task-oriented worker. That's the word. And so what happens is, is that our English translations take a word like diakonos, and they, they try to build out the context of the particular text. And so those 29 different times that the word diakonos is used, depending on which English translation you are reading, they, the translators will make a decision to use the word servant or deacon. Those are the two that are most often used in those translations, or they make a decision to use the word waiter or worker, administrator, servant, all those kinds of things, right? So there's there are some decisions that have to be made because the word diakonos is so deep and meaningful in the Greek and the original text language that the depth of it can be lost sometimes in translations. And so, as we kind of explore this, these 29 different instances help us build out a more cohesive, more, uh, more broad understanding, a more holistic picture of the word diakonos, because as we kind of start to funnel down into the Heritage Church context, what we're doing is is having a really good understanding that the word deacon is not simply about an office or a position of responsibility within the church. It's about servanthood. It's about waiting on the tables that are before us. And I think that's a really good place for us to begin. Deacon simply means servant. Diakonos is servant. Diakonos, deacon, servant, is a server or a waiter. And I love this idea, and this is a little bit of a, you know, chasing a rabbit, I guess, but I won't be here very long. The word diakonos is formed out of an obsolete Greek word, diako, which literally means to run errands. An attendant would be an diako. And out of that word diako became this idea that an attendant... Uh, one who runs errands is the one who is waiting on, taking care of, is, is working and serving those at the table. Waiter. It is a, spe- a special, specific word to help of those, to help identify those who are taking care of others. And what happens over time is, is this diaco word now becomes diakonos, 
to help identify those within the Christian community, within the church community, that are specially uh, tasked with serving, with waiting on the tables that are before them within the church community. Deacon simply means servant. Everyone, then, is a servant. Let's put it this way. Everyone is a deacon. I'm not sure if we've ever really thought of it in those terms before. Maybe we have. I'm not, that's a broad statement. I get it. But everyone is a deacon. Everyone. All people. All ages. Because what we find out when we start to pay attention to Jesus in particular is that we're all called to be servants. We're all waiters of the tables that are before us. We all are diakonos. We all live out diakonos when we follow into the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Everyone is a deacon, and that includes Jesus. Have you ever thought about Jesus as a deacon, as a servant, as a waiter? We have many examples of this, but I just want to go to John chapter 13 for this class. John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17, are the most poignant, striking example of what it means to be diakonos. While that particular word is not used in John chapter 13, boy, the definition and the depth of diakonos are all over the chapter. John chapter 13, Jesus is at the Last Supper, Passover meal with his disciples. Now, John has a different telling of the Passover story, of the Last Supper story. And Jesus, in John chapter 13, knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. Verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on the clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. 
And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. It's a remarkable passage of Scripture, and it is the greatest example of diakonos, in my opinion. Now, understand the context. I mean, there's a lot going on here, and I'm not going to be able to cover all those kinds of things, but understand the context of not only the situation that, I mean, Jesus knows the the betrayal is coming. This is his last night with his disciples. And in the context of the Gospel of John, this is really the beginning of the kind of the last discord, the last teachings that Jesus has. And it and all those teachings that come in the chapters to follow in, in the Gospel of John begin with foot washing. They begin with servanthood. They begin with waiting on those at the table, quite literally. Everyone's at the table enjoying the meal, the Passover meal, and Jesus begins to wash feet. Now, foot washing was quite common in the first century, right? All the walking, the, the way you, you transport yourself, feet would be quite dirty. And, and in many ways, it was a, a way, a religious ceremonial act in some respects, because you would wash to not only be clean, but you would wash to signify that the work was over, right? That, that, that all this, the grime and the dirt that you have collected is now gone. It also would be a token of hospitality, going into somebody's home, washing feet out of respect for the home that you have entered. And foot washing would have been viewed as something that was so menial, so beneath that it was something you took care of or your slave took care of. And I I found this quite interesting and kind of paying attention to first century foot washing, that for many, we have a lot of Jewish first century sources that would say that the task of foot washing was so menial, so beneath, so so lowly, that many Jewish people would not even have had their slaves wash their feet. They would have been exempt from the job because it was so below them. And yet, this lowly slave, below slave, this menial foot-washing job is what Jesus chooses to take up in John chapter 13. Jesus adopts the posture of, of someone who is lower than a slave. And he washes the feet of those he loves and cares for. There is a job to be done, I think Jesus sees. There's example to be made, of course. But there is a job to be done. And the waiter, if you will, of this table is the one who doesn't just simply serve bread 
and wine, he's the one who serves those quite quite literally into a level that has never been seen before by a rabbi or a teacher or even by these disciples because we see the reaction of the disciples because I think Peter represents the disciples here kind of the the shock and awe of the moment and what's significant about Jesus's position is that Jesus is willing to go quite literally down to people's feet to serve And his example enlightens our position of servanthood because Jesus, who is Savior and Messiah, he is God with us, the God of all creation, serves. And he serves people's feet in a position that most of us and most of everyone at that table, because Peter Peter, uh, communicates this shock and awe moment. Not you, not you. How You can't do this. Why? Because we don't see those in power, those in prestige, those in position of influence ought to be servants in such a way. But Jesus throws all of that out. And Jesus serves in diakonos. See, our view of service in so many different ways It's informed, it's pushed by this idea that there are some things we can and can't do or some things that people in power or position or responsibility should and shouldn't do. And Jesus, God, takes off his clothes, puts a towel around his waist, and washes feet. This this is diakonos. This is Jesus serving. This is Jesus waiting. This is Jesus being a deacon. And I think I think that's a really good place to end this first lesson. We're going to pick right back up where we left off and continue into Acts chapter 6 in our second lesson. And again, the hope is, is that the live class on Sunday, August 21st, is recorded, and everyone we can have uh, be able to uh, sit in on the conversation that takes place. But what Jesus does is he gives us what it looks like to be one who serves. That servanthood is us. It's God's people willing to do the things that maybe we never considered doing before because, oh, we thought we weren't, uh, we shouldn't. No one is above foot washing. Jesus proves that. No one. And we're called to serve. Every single one of us are deacons in the sense that we are called to serve others and uh, and wash feet. Everyone is a deacon, including Jesus, and if we're going to follow his example, then we're all diakonos. We're all waiters. We all serve. We are all foot washers. Servanthood. Who do you think of when you think of a servant? Who comes to mind for you? What characteristics and actions 
come to mind when you think of a servant? My guess is, is if you're listening to this, there have been people who have served you in your life. They have shared the example of Jesus in some form or fashion. There are those who maybe not literally washed your feet, but those who have served you in that kind of way. And maybe you've seen it from a distance even, in past church experiences and and, and home life and community life. You've seen those who are willing to take the basin of water and to serve. That's a deacon. That's you. And that's me. Because the example that Jesus gives is not for a specific group of people. His disciples are to go and carry out and carry on the example that he gives. He wants to show them what it looks like to be one who lives out the faith of God's kingdom. That's our job. That's our calling. To be waiters to be servants, all of us, for you to be a deacon. Now, those 29 instances instances of diakonos in the New Testament, the vast majority of them are talking about this big picture idea of servanthood, of waiting. But there's also instances in which we're going to start talking about where where the word servant is now used in specificity of responsibility of certain people taking care of certain jobs. But the idea hasn't changed, even in specificity. (laughs) We're called to serve. And sometimes those jobs can be specific, but in all ways and in all instances, As God's children, we're called to diakonos, just like Jesus. (laughs) 